Welcome to a brand new edition of Two Out of Three Fours Podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. As always, joined by a great friend of mine, Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT on Twitter at WrestleRant. Graham Matthews, my man, how you doing? Mr. Randy Cruz, it's been a while, long time, but happy to be back. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Listen, man, it's been a long eight, nine months. I feel like like Triple H in 02, got the quad injury, <laughs> and I came back at the Garden. So um, long story short, man, I, I do want to apologize to the fans out there. Um, it's, it's just been a crazy couple of months for myself and you, schedule-wise, you know, personal stuff going on. So I figured before the holidays are, are, are over, we do a show, we knock it out, talk about what happened in 2021. Uh, the bottom line is, man, we definitely appreciate those who uh, love and support us. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcasts. Um, and you've been doing great work for both Bleacher Report and Fansite. I'll be, I, you know, I'll be watching. I'll follow you. You're verified <laughs> on Twitter now, so shit is different with you. So <laughs> I whenever I can get time for Graham Matthews to hop on for a half hour, an hour, man, I got to do it, man. Well, the first step, Randy, was getting you back on Twitter. So thankfully, that's all been resolved. Oh. You're back on the you're back on the Twitter bird app now, and uh, that. That's and you know what? I think God. that that was the main reason why we did not do a show. I know we were busy and everything, but if I, if I had no platform to promote it, for sure, want to doing the show. Yeah. So that was from like July to November. I missed SummerSlam and all these. I'm like. I tried my I tried my ass off to get back. Quick. I know you and, did, yeah. And I got back right before Survivor Series. So I'm like, eh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Post a Triple H coming back in the Garden video. I saw yeah. that. Perfect. Nah, Twitter missed it. I'm glad we're glad to have you back. Now nah, I appreciate it, man. Again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at Russell Randy. You can follow me at Randy J Cruz. R E N D Y. The letter J C R U Z on both IG and Twitter. So Graham. Um, you know, usually around this time every year, we do a recap show of the year in pro wrestling. A lot of things have happened, uh, good and bad. Um, in a nutshell, and I know we'll go through top matches and moments and all that good stuff, but if the question was, Graham, describe 2021 year in, in, in pro wrestling, mm-hmm. um, how would you how would you describe it compared to what, what we went through in 2020? Um, that's a good question. Well, I mean, obviously two totally different years in that we didn't have a majority of this year consist of a pandemic, no fans. I mean, we did have no fans for a decent portion of this year in the first six months of 2022 or 2021 rather. Um, but still it was a great year overall for both WWE, AEW, a lot of great matches and moments and just having the crowd back, which is something obviously that we've had forever up until last year. It's something I think I don't anymore take for granted, and it really adds to an atmosphere, and I think that was very evident with shows like Mania and and All Out and pay-per-views from both companies. So it was an interesting year. A lot of people jumping ship from WWE over to AEW, just leaving in general. A lot of releases. I think that would be the biggest um, takeaway from 2021, especially in WWE where all the departures, whether it be on their own terms or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was an interesting year, I would say, overall. Maybe not the greatest year in wrestling history. It was a fun one for me personally. I mean, how could it not be when you have CM Punk coming back to wrestling and all this other cool stuff that happened? Um, yeah, on the whole, a very interesting, um, you know, fun year, I would say. Maybe not the greatest of all time, but definitely a fun year for all of wrestling on the whole. Mm-hmm. I, I did see a lot of people shifting back and forth. I think, like you said, I think that was the main thing that was that, that stood out. 
yep. to me. Um, and again, the pandemic, and we had Thunderdome and no crowd, and we and we and we, we made it through that era. But as a whole, I know people talk about ratings and this and that. Do you feel like both AEW and WWE grew, if that makes sense? Or was it stagnant? Did they grow the audience? Like that's the kind of question. Uh, uh, the answer I'm looking for, like, did, yeah. did the companies grow or kind of remain the same? WWE definitely did not. Um, AEW, I would say, maybe not, ex- you know, except ex- exponentially is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did grow a little bit. I mean, for a while, not now, but they did maintain around a million viewers for quite a while, especially when Dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. well, I think a big takeaway, another one, too compared to 2020 i mean 2019 we didn't have competition for majority of the year 2020 we did um in 2021 nxt moved off of wednesdays they finally kind of surrendered and went to tuesdays the interesting thing is that it really didn't help either audience that much it's weird i felt like there were more wrestling fans watching wrestling it seemed like anyway when they were going head to head as opposed to different nights um sometimes people forget nxt is even on and at this point nxt is nxt 2.0 it's not nearly as good of a show. It's kind of irrelevant at this point. Um, but with wow. AEW, though, for, for a while, they had a million views on Wednesdays consistently. And I would say that summer stretch when they first got back on the road from July to early September, um, when they had that New York City show in the tennis uh, stadium or whatever it was, um, that was a great stretch for them. They had surprises almost every week, big title changes. And the show is still must-see, but I would say that was probably the hottest stretch for AEW this year as far as getting above a million viewers. They were doing 1.2s, 1.3s. Punk's debut really helped them, doing around 1.3 million viewers for Rampage, which was massive, Mm. um, somewhere around there. You know, they kind of grew in adding another show to their lineup, that being Rampage on Friday nights. Um, They didn't have that last year. WWE, I don't think SmackDown's ratings really faltered that much. Raw's definitely has. They're still doing like 1.5, which is definitely lower than where they were a year ago, even with fans back. It bumped mm-hmm. back up with fans back, but it went kind of right back down to where it was before after a couple of months. Um, SmackDown's kind of stayed the same. NXT has definitely kind of fallen off from where it was a year or two ago. So I don't think any company, I mean, AEW of the two definitely grew more, but not to the point where it's on the level of WWE or they're going to be beating Raw in the ratings. The demo, which people pay a lot of attention to, did well for the most part. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the key moving forward is building off of what they had. I mean, they've built a great year. They have a great foundation of talent, does AEW, bringing in the Adam Coles and the CM Punks and the Brian Danielsons, among many other people this year. You know, Alistair Black, Sting, Christian, among a lot of other people. Can they continue to grow? A lot of people. But all this star power doesn't mean anything if they can't continue to grow their numbers. It's great, at least, that they stay stagnant. Because True. WWE will just go down, unfortunately. We've, we've seen that in the last couple of years. If they can at least stay where they are, that's good. But the idea is to continue continue moving up and onward, and hopefully they can do that in 2022. So I did see AEW <clears throat> create Rampage, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's amazing what you said earlier. How like NXT is not the same what it was, and years ago, me and you and other people on this on the show were saying, you know, NXT is better than. The, the NXT on Saturday is better than WrestleMania or mm-hmm. Survivor Series, and that's really the that's really the, the main event. Now you fast forward to the 2.0 era, and I I don't really see NXT 2.0 to be to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like what a I'm not saying it can't turn again, but I guess the whole the war they had with Dynamite, 
shifted their whole process and it's like all right i think that they got to get out of that that pc era yeah um it looks still the developmental and it's like damn nxt man what a, what a, not saying a fall yeah but it's like where you at right now compared to, to raw smackdown dynamite even rampage it's like you can't even, you can't even recognize it I think fall is the right word. You may not want to use that word, but it definitely has been the fall. <laughs> and, you know, I've been an NXT fan since the start, and the show isn't unbearable to watch, but it's not what it once was. The ratings have fallen off, and I don't really pay too much attention to that type of stuff. I mean, I follow it, but I don't really put a lot of – I mean, it is important, but me as a fan, I just kind of pay attention to what I can control and what I like and what I don't like and, you know, just don't watch it. Um, with NXT, though, like you watch the show, I know they're going for something different. It really is at this point the de- the definition of developmental. Like, I know it's always been a third developmental brand where they build talent and then bring them to Raw and SmackDown, kind of ship them to SmackDown and Raw. Mm. Um, and they're still going to be doing that. The problem is that, I mean, again, everyone's different with their preferences, um, but they kind of were before picking up the biggest names from all across these companies, from across the independent scene. Not everyone's a big indie guy. I understand that. And they thought NXT was kind of becoming like a second ring of honor, so to speak, or the second New Japan or whatever. But the cool thing about what they were doing, at least in bringing in the Nakamura's and the Alistair Blacks and the Bobby Roods and everyone else, Chompas and whatever, was that they were building a great show. And the wrestling was outstanding. The storytelling was great. You know, it wasn't doing ratings that were above Raw and SmackDown because they weren't on, you know, USA Network at that point. Um, but they were still creating stars. And then they would just go to the main roster and just kind of falter. And WWE saw that. They said, hey, this isn't working. We got to go younger. They got rid of a lot of people. I mean, I think it said, I think it speaks volumes in a year like 2021 where a guy like Adam Cole, who's tailor-made for a Raw or a SmackDown, who is perfect, you know, as a WWE superstar, the quintessential WWE superstar, has mm-hmm. everything you would possibly want out of a out of a top talent, except for the fact that he's not six feet. He's a couple inches below that. And I think because of that, um, not, not, that probably wouldn't be why he wouldn't succeed, but they kind of look at that as as a negative if you're not like the tallest guy. But right. he can talk, he can wrestle, he can do all this other great stuff, he can lead a faction. And a guy like him wasn't released, he just said, his contract's up, I'm out of here. I mean, that speaks volumes, where he didn't even want to get to Raw and SmackDown, because he didn't see a future for himself there, and he thought AEW would be a better landing spot, and it has been so far. So, um, it is sad to see, I mean, they do have some bright spots on the show, if you catch it once in a while, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson mm-hmm. Waller, all some top, uh, top talent with bright futures. But beyond those guys, though, and a few other of the women as well, um, it's just, it's the show is hard. It feels like a mini raw in SmackDown with some of the stuff they're doing right now. So mm. it's unfortunate. Maybe you can go back to the way that it was. If they kind of ditch this policy of no more independent talent, which I think is a dumb mantra to have. Um, hopefully they can kind of go back to what it was or whatever. It may never be the same. It probably won't be, but it'll be interesting to follow moving forward though. So me watching it as a fan day in, day out, I see Adam Cole leave. I see Daniel Bryan leave. Yep. Ruby Riot leave. Braun Strowman. Christian. Uh I, 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 Alex Black. And I'm I'm good. I'm I was getting the Bray Wyatt. I think okay, I, okay. all the people who left. Yeah. Bray Wyatt was the one for me that was like, wow. I mean, not saying I didn't care about the other people. I think no, Cole, I understand. Cole yeah. would have done well name. on Smackdown, but Bray Wyatt and like the fiend, and like what the fuck happened, bro? Like you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, again, that could have just been him saying, I want out, or there's backstage turmoil. I don't I don't know. But I think for him, his talent and his his creativity to not even find a way to keep him on the roster, 
And I'm like, all right, you you just let 20 people go. Gargano's out of here. Fish is out of here. Like, I can go on and on. And I'm like, damn, who we got? <laughs> who else it's you a, got? It's that Will Smith meme from uh, from Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince where he's like, kind of like looking in the room. I mean, that's NXT in a nutshell right now. The company itself, that's the biggest problem, is that another two names I think you forgot to mention, too. I mean, Bray Wyatt is a different story. I mean, mm-hmm. of everyone that you mentioned, some of those people left on their own. Very few of them. Most of them just got released. Like Gargano's contract expired. He left. Um, Adam Cole's contract expired. He left. He didn't resign. Kyle right. O'Reilly, same thing recently. And they could always go back. Adam Cole's just an AEW. Yeah, right. He's definitely not going back, at least not anytime soon. Um, the other guys that you mentioned, the girls, they all got fired. They all got released, and there was made absolutely no sense. I mean, Samoa Joe at one point got fired, and he was brought back, and he's not even on TV right now. That's a whole other story. Um, but with Bray Wyatt, he was let go. He wasn't. He didn't want out. As far as from what I know, he just yeah. they just outright fired him due to budget cuts. And then you hear a story like what we heard last week with Kevin Owens, where they're resigning him to two to three million dollar deals. And I love Kevin Owens. Don't get me wrong, big KO fan. Yeah. But if it's all about our budget cuts, then why are you paying this guy two to three million dollars? Which is like in the Brock Lesnar way. I mean, Brock probably obviously makes more than that, but for a guy like Kevin Owens, who is not one of your featured players, is kind of baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's it's priority stuff. So the Wyatt thing really shocked me. And um I forgot what else I was gonna say. You mentioned Bray Wyatt and who yeah. was the other person that was there someone else that you mentioned? I was I mentioned Bray, Strowman, Christian, uh uh Alistair Black, uh yeah, Ruby Riot. Uh, yeah, um God, I don't remember. I don't remember what I was gonna now, say. Now, now Jeff Hardy too. Yeah, well, so Jeff already got released. I mean, yeah. that wasn't because of budget cuts. That was because of his own issues. Right. And maybe there was no issue there, and they just kind of overreacted. Nia Jax, another one, too. Nia Jax. Okay, so that was what I was going to say. Well, not Nia, but yeah, she got cut, which was definitely surprising. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say was that on the whole in 2021, you really don't have a lot of stars. And we talk about this every year for WWE. You have yeah. potential stars. You have people who could be made into stars. I go back to Survivor Series two years ago when they had the NXT Invasion. A guy like Keith Lee, his stock had never been higher in that company coming out of that show. They fired him this year. Why would you let go of a guy like Keith Lee? It's not even like a guy like Bray. Listen, I think letting go of Bray was incredibly dumb. But at least in his case, he's been around for a long time. They tried and they tried. They didn't really try with him. I mean, they botched him. That wasn't Bray's fault. I think the majority of that was the company's fault. They fucked mm-hmm. him. We've, we've talked about this for years. Yeah. They gave him bad ideas. They booked him terribly. They made him look like a loser. And they got to the point where he was, you know, worthless to them. Is that Bray's fault? No, that's the company's fault for making him worthless because they control these people's booking. It's not like they tried and he didn't get over. I mean, The Fiend was one of the hottest, if not the hottest merchandise seller in the entire company. They still let him go. Mm-hmm. A guy like Keith Lee, where my problem is, and a guy like Karrion Cross, too, another former NXT champion from earlier this year, they didn't even give them a chance. They were on the main roster for less than a year, and then they got let go. I mean, that is a guy that could be challenging Big E for the championship of Mania next year, and we don't have that. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be Goldberg or Brock at this point. <laughs> that is what we're left with. Like, at this current point, we have Biggie. They they gave that you know they took a chance on this year, gave him the belt. Great, Bobby Lashley, same thing. Great. We were talking about Bobby Lashley before hiatus, how they should push him to the moon. They did perfect. Beyond that, though, what other stars have they really created this year? I mean, Damian Priest is doing well, but it's like the Roman Reigns show on SmackDown right now. They have Drew still; he's still doing well, but they don't have anyone like locked and loaded, ready to go for after these people. Like when their title reigns are done. Rhea should mean a lot more than she does right now. Austin Theory is a prospect. Balor came back to the main roster this year, has done absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad because they have a lot of talented people on their roster who just 
you know, AJ, I feel like they really underutilized for a majority of the year, and he should be one of their top, top guys. Yeah. So it's weird, man. They have a lot of stars. It's not like they don't have the people to make stars out of. They do, and they purposely backtrack and go out of their way to make them not stars, if that makes sense. And yeah. not that AEW is perfect, but I just, it's a WWE problem, and it has been for a long time. And it was really evident this year with some of the people they let go. So, Graham, from both WWE and AEW, male and female, who do you, who'd you felt like, broke out who really like shocked you for the for the better part that you're like wow like okay now he or she has stepped up um well like i said a guy like damian priest who i mean he was always very talented um even in nxt early on he wasn't the most exciting star to watch but once he kind of went babyface about a year ago on the show he really Mm -hmm. turned a corner and he's had a great year he got called up in the rumble and they actually i think they said this on raw last night and i already knew this but he had not been there, has not been pinned one-on-one all year, which for an NXT call-up is fucking crazy. I mean, we know these call-ups, they rarely ever book them correctly for whatever right. reason. They don't. Um, SmackDown on the, you know, on the TV and the behind the right. Fox, right? right. cool. um, but yeah, so a guy like him, they actually booked and utilized very well. He's been United States champion since SummerSlam. He's had a great year. Um, he's a guy that I really thought broke out. Austin theory just kind of showed up on raw and SmackDown. He's a guy that I think has a bright future and he's done fairly well for himself on raw in the last couple of months. I mean, it's crazy because they call people up and they call people up and then they get fired. Like in, in the same year where carrying cross got called up, they let him go. Tegan Ox, they call her up, let her go hit row. Should have been one of the hottest things on the entire main roster after a month on SmackDown got fired. I mean, it's just unbelievable, but you know, beyond those names, Bianca Belair, obviously, you know, she won the yeah. women's rumble. She's probably one of the biggest stars, male or female, that company has right now. <clears throat> That's another one that they've really, really nailed this year, which is great. Um, her, she did well. I'm sure there's other ones I'm not thinking of, but those are probably the top names that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm sorry, in AEW too. I forget we was talking about WWE, but in AEW, um, Sammy Guevara's had a good year. He really got over Darby Allen's a star, obviously. Adam Page finally became champion, which was great. Miro turned a corner. He was finally booked properly. Um, Adam Cole came in. He's done fairly well for himself so far. Um, Jungle Boy had a great year as well. So there's a lot of names that come to mind, but those are the the top ones. Yeah, I love I love MGF though. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whatever I I, a chance to to chime in AW is it's gonna be him. You know how I feel about CM Punk. Um, Yeah, Adam, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. Um, I think Kenny Omega had a great fucking year. Yep. Um, I know he lost a hangman. Um, and kind of leads to my question. I I, I didn't want to get there yet, but since I mentioned Kenny Omega, um, I would I would assume he and Roman Reigns had the, the longest title reigns for both respective companies, right? Roman still champion since like fucking two years ago. <laughs> and yeah, Omega yeah. was there for for a while, but mm-hmm. who? And I know Roman's still champion, so it's kind of he might be the obvious answer. But mm-hmm. which title reign did you like more, Roman Reigns or Kenny Omega? Um, of the two, and both were great. <clears throat> Not to discredit either one, both were right. great. I mean, those are my top two wrestlers of the year, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But those are my top two wrestlers of the year uh, for both companies. I would say, though, probably to me, oh. I would go Roman, oh. just because Kenny had a great year. Um, his character stuff wasn't always the, like, I'm not a big fan of his promos. He's improved. He improved right before he took time off. And I thought Don Callis did well in the role of his manager. I thought they were a great pairing. 
the elite stuff at certain points to me just got too fucking goofy. Um, like they do a lot of stuff. I enjoy being the elite, but they kind of do that stuff on dynamite and shit. And it's just not yeah. funny and it's just stupid. Um, and it wasn't, he wasn't getting like the, like the fuck you. I hate you. Heal heat. Not everyone does. Roman Reigns gets cheered a lot, but yeah. he goes out there and gets booed and Kenny Omega gets booed too, but he kind of goes out there for laughs sometimes. And I don't know. I, I've seen people say, Oh, but Kenny Omega had better matches this year. I don't even know if I would go that far. I mean, Kenny had some great matches this year from the match with Adam page at full gear. Had a great match on Dynamite, one of the best all year with Brian Danielson on Dynamite, mm -hmm. uh, Jungle Boy on Dynamite, great match, double or nothing at a very good match at the Orange Cassidy Impact. But you also look at Roman Reigns' title reign. Look at what he was able to accomplish with people like Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan at that point and Edge. I thought that main event at WrestleMania this year was fantastic, one of my favorites in a long time. That triple threat was excellent. I um, had a great match with Edge and Money in the Bank. I thoroughly enjoyed the John Cena match at SummerSlam. Um, had a great match with Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. Great matches on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, beat him and set Hell in the Cell. Had a great main event match with Cesaro at Backlash. Right. Um, I don't know. I would go, I would probably go with Roman Reigns. And his character stuff is far better than Kenny's, in my opinion. I mean, he had the whole Heyman thing going on this year. The Usos reunited, joined his faction as a giant heel faction, which was great. Um, you know, just a slow print. A, Slow progression of the character. The feud with Brock had a great match with him at Crown Jewel. Rematch coming up at day one. I would go Roman. If you say Kenny, I wouldn't argue with that. But from a personal standpoint, <clears throat> I look at the promos. I look at the matches. I look at the character development. I got to go Roman Reigns. So this this is where I ask you the, the, the tough questions. This is why you want to show. <laughs> so Roman Reigns has been champion for at least a year and a half now, right? More um, a year and four months. So it's since August of 2020. Uh, I think August 31st, actually. So, so let's um, say a year and a half. Yeah. Roman Reigns. Just about. Let's let's just compare the last five, ten years. Does Roman Reigns have the best title run in that company in the last ten years? If it's not number one, it's definitely up there. I mean, I would argue that it is. Um, the only other one that comes to mind that would be better would be punks from okay. 2012 when he was champion for a long time. And not just because he was champion for a year. I mean, Brock was champion at one point for a year and a half and the guy yeah. was barely fucking around. So that's why I wouldn't say length <laughs> is everything, but um, I mean, the matches he was having punk, the character development also with punk is when he had the title for a year and a half too, for just over a year, he was champion for 14 months. Roman's been champion for 16 months now. So it's officially longer, although it is a different title. It's not the WWE championship. Yeah. Um, with uh with Punk, I mean, he turned heel at one point. He was having great matches with everyone, and it kind of ended in the hands of The Rock. So that was a big name to lose it to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would I would say it's up there, if not better than that. Um, because Roman, the only thing I would put with Roman over Punk during Punk's title reign, a lot of people complained, and rightfully so. Punk wasn't main eventing pay per views. I mean, he had a great WWE title match on pay per view back in 2012 at Over the Limit, May of that year where with Daniel Bryan, where it was an amazing match, but the headline of that show, the main event of that show is John Cena versus John Laurinaitis. And you can look that up. I mean, it's true. I mean, the classic. fact that got, classic. <laughs> that <means> classic. <laughs> the fact that got bumped for that is just sad. And that happened a lot yeah. during his title reign. He didn't main event WrestleMania that year. He didn't main event a lot of pay-per-views. He didn't start main eventing until towards the end when he turned heel. Mm -hmm. Roman has been consistently the main event of every show. He main evented WrestleMania this year, main evented SummerSlam, main evented Survivor Series, won all of those matches. He has not been pinned 
in almost two years, almost exactly two years, I think. He who he lost to, though? His last loss was against who? Uh, not kidding. I think the last time he was pinned was against Baron Corbin at TLC 2019. Baron Corbin was the last person. I mean, I, the, wow. I, I'm not surprised they haven't brought that up on TV just because Corbin's a heel too, but you would think mm-hmm. they would bring that up just to do a one-off on TV or something, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I don't think he's been pinned since then. He's lost a couple matches by DQ, mm-hmm. but that's it. I don't think he's been pinned otherwise. Um, yeah, so I would go Roman. I feel like his character development's been better. He was the you know, central attraction on, he made SmackDown must see, uh, maybe not must see, but he was, he made it watchable for the better part of 2021, especially now with Brock. Yeah. Beyond punk though, from 10 years ago, I can't think of many other reigns. You know, Rollins had a really good reign as WWE champion about five, six years ago. AJ had a great year long reign, but again, he yeah. also was not the main event for a majority of that time. Um, we had Kofi, we had Daniel Bryan with his, uh, his uh, wooden belt. Both of them that. were great. Yeah, I yeah. love those too. I, I would still probably put Roman at number one, honestly. I mean, maybe of all time, I mean, we're going back a long a long ways with, with all time, but mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, I would definitely say so, yeah, the more I think about it. um, And I think real quick to give Roman credit, the fact that to go out there and perform in that period with nobody in the crowd, that that's not fucking easy to do. So he was champion during that time too, but just to go out there every week and just see these screens. Yeah. <laughs> like he turned heel when he first came back when there were no fans. And that's, exactly. that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, so. pay-per-view of the year for both WWE and AEW. Um, AEW, their full gear show from recently was excellent. I would still put all out over it and I'm biased because mm-hmm. I was there in Chicago. But, you know, they had the debuts of Danielson and Cole and a great main event between Omega and Christian. The Bucks and the Lucha Bros had an amazing match. Um, Punk had his first match back in seven years against Darby Allen. That would probably be my number one easily. I think that was one of the best shows, pay-per-views of the last 10 years, if not beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would go with that as the overall pay-per-view of the year, specifically for AEW. For WWE, um... Oh man, I loved, I really enjoyed Money in the Bank. I thought that was a great show. Even honestly, even Crown Jewel is a pretty good show a couple months ago. It's not the I was going to say that. Like, I'm watching, I'm, I'm Twitter. And again, I'm, I'm off Twitter. I'm, I'm on a burner account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hold up. People really talk about Crown Jewel. Like, it's popping. Like, before. it was a good show. It was, I don't yeah. know if I'd say it was the best of the year, but it was definitely in that conversation. Um, I would probably go, I'm yeah. trying to think of all the shows in my head. I would probably go WrestleMania. Um, it hit, it hit different with that show because it was the first show back with fans for the first time in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, biased cause I was there for that show, but the two night format, I like a lot. I thought both main events were great. Um, a lot of great matches between both nights of WrestleMania this year. Yeah. A lot of correct booking decisions, great matches. And yeah, I mean, there were a lot of other good shows. Money in the bank was their first show, real show back on the road with the fans. And that was an excellent show. Cena came back at the end. Um, a lot of praise for that one. I think there's one more I'm not thinking of. Maybe the Rumble. Um, again, it's hard. To, it's hard. It's hard to select a show with no fans there. Um, that's that's the tough thing. SummerSlam is also good. I like SummerSlam, and I was there for that one too. But um, mm-hmm. I would probably go WrestleMania for WWE both nights and All Out for AEW. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. We did. We did get Brock returning. We did get Becky Lynch coming back. I'm trying to see other big returns. Edge. Obviously, we know Edge. Yeah, yeah, SummerSlam had had the Lynch and Lesnar ones. Yeah, that yeah. was big. 
I think the one that I remember would be Mania. I, I did see Crown Jewel. Um, but I think Mania with Sasha and Bianca main eventing mm-hmm. and then the triple threat with um, Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns. I think that's the one that really stands. I'm not saying it's the best one, but that's the one I recall the most. And I just remember just being on Twitter and just watching live how everybody just was just fascinated by the main event by Sasha and Bianca and how they just took, you know, took over the show. So hopefully we get something like that going into WrestleMania 38 in Dallas. Two nights, right, Dallas? Yep, it's going to be two nights going forward, yeah. Are you going? Um, Likely. Nothing booked so far, but <laughs> if, if the last couple of years have been any indication, I think I will most likely be there, yes. All right, before I move on to my last two points, uh, keeping it WWE right now. Right now, who wins the Royal Rumble and who made it next WrestleMania? And we're, we're predicting 2022 right now. Who wins the Royal Rumble and who made events? WrestleMania, whether on night one or night two, I would make it what they did last year and have the women main event one show and have the men main event the other show. If you're gonna have two Rumbles and you're gonna have two Mania main events, if the story permits, I mean, this the story with Sasha and Bianca wasn't the strongest, but they still deserve the main event, and I'm glad they were the main event. They had a great match. Um, I would still put the women's Rumble winner in one main event. I would have Becky main event one match and have Roman main event the other. One one one. WrestleMania, that is. Becky's on Raw, Roman's on SmackDown. You get a split between the two. I would say for the women, I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley right now. I think Rhea and Becky is a strong enough match you could do as the main event for WrestleMania. Um, Bianca's another one. Bianca and Becky at Mania also makes sense. I don't know if she would win the Rumble, but I would do that as one of the main events, maybe, to kind of give her her win back from SummerSlam because she never was able to beat Becky. Um, and then for the men, Roman's got a main event either way. I mean, I love Big E, but I just don't see a match where he could possibly main event WrestleMania, um, though, although it would be cool. For Roman, I fear that Brock could lose at day one and then go on to win at um, go on to win the Rumble a couple of weeks later. I really yeah. hope not. Brock and Roman is a very likely Mania main event. If not that, then Drew. Drew and Roman is also very likely as well. And they could do that as the other Mania main event. So those are my likely early projected WrestleMania, or, you know, Royal Rumble winners and WrestleMania main events. Um, I think because of, of of LA for 39 puts a pause on like The Rock and I think it's busy the, anyway. Ronda yeah. Rousey, like they're like on ice right now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, if you tell me, hey, who could win the Royal Rumble and get Becky or Mania? I'm like, oh, Ronda Rousey, that's perfect. She had the kid already, and she's probably working out. They put her back in. She's good yep. to go. I, I mean, Becky came back within a couple of months. I mean, she came actually actually eight months after she had the baby, but, you know, still. I don't know. When, I forgot when Rhonda had uh, had her daughter. Maybe a couple months ago? Yeah, a but few by the Rumble. Ago, yeah. yeah. She, it's I, possible. I think I would – again, it, it just – who does who does who does Roman drop the belt to? It just very I mean, he, that, he beat everybody. Like that's the problem. They haven't built anyone up. That's the issue. Like if yeah. you're gonna have this long title reign, that's great. And I've loved Roman. I've loved Roman's reign. No pun intended. But <laughs> they haven't built anyone up. Like a guy like Damian Priest would be cool, but he's on Raw and it doesn't really look like they're going in that direction. There's really nobody to be honest. I mean, the only two people that make sense to beat Roman to this current point are Brock, which I don't want to say. And um, uh, Drew McIntyre, and I mean, I would be fine to that because at least Drew's a full timer. 
I would want it to be someone that could really benefit and be made a star out of by beating Roman. Someone like Big E would have been perfect had he not cashed in the money in the bank on on, uh, Bobby Lashley. That's the problem. So yeah, it's probably going to be Drew at this point if I had to take a guess. If not, I mean, Brock at day one is also possible. I wouldn't do that either. But yeah, it's probably going to be Drew, and I yeah, that's fine. But I, I wish it was someone that could really, really benefit from it. And I don't think he's that guy personally. Yeah, I, I bro, I don't, I don't know. I, I could say KO, but he's on Raw. I could say Seth Rollins, but he's on Raw. Yeah, Randy Orton, but he's on Raw. Drew, I know Drew's on on SmackDown, and I, I, I Bobby Lashley, I would have said too, but he's on Raw. AJ is another guy. AJ is like all the, all the, all the guys are on Raw. Uh, who who's who does Roman got? Corbin, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Jeff Hardy would have been one of those guys, but he got fired unfortunately. I don't know if he would have beat Roman, but that was a program I was looking forward to seeing. Um, and they didn't yeah. they couldn't do it. The draft really didn't give SmackDown a lot of people for Roman to face. Right. Um, they gave him Drew and they gave him Jeff. That's really about it. They didn't give him a lot. I mean. Sami Zayn wasn't really an option. They did that match about in 15 seconds a couple weeks, so that was never really an option anyway, unless Sami goes back to being a babyface. Beyond that, there's really no one. I mean, all the other people, like you mentioned, are on Raw, and they stayed on Raw. I would have loved to have seen AJ back on SmackDown and face Roman Mania because uh, we saw that match five years ago and never really got a rematch. Well, we had two matches at that, at that point. There was never a third encounter. AJ's never beaten Roman. That would have been awesome, but mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it wasn't in the cards, apparently, so we're left with Brock well, you know, Look, bro, you never know. Somebody can ro- from Raw can win it, and yeah, that's possible. I think, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, I don't know if they would do. I mean, I'm just looking down the pipe and thinking, okay, it's definitely Drew or Brock. I'm just preparing for that, but it would be nice if they threw us a curveball and have someone from Raw win and then go to SmackDown to uh, mm-hmm. challenge for the championship. I think some of the biggest stories that came from wrestling happened in AEW. Yep. Um, CM Punk coming back it w- w- took everything by storm. Uh, then the mass exodus of Daniel Bryan's and Adam Cole's and they, they, you know, them debuting on the same night. Um, people could say, you know, how they feel about AEW. You know, it's, it's a, they're mimicking WCW or they still listen. The bottom line is you got competition out there mm-hmm. going to help WWE kind of step their fucking game up because I'm a big fan of them. You know it. And Mark knows it, but, I'm going to say when they ain't going right, they ain't going right. So when I watch Raw sometimes and I see these people, I'm like, you know what? It's not for me. SmackDown, yeah. same thing. I, I don't remember seeing a full Raw or SmackDown from beginning to end. Maybe mm-hmm. after a pivot view. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah. But I think AEW did a great job of doing the best. They're getting talent coming in. Then it's like, all right, how do you, how do you, you know, incorporate that? Yeah. So I've seen it with Punk. Um, you know, I love MJF. I like what they're doing with Alice Black. Um, Adam Cole is my guy. Um, seeing Brian Danielson matches with Kenny Omega for a half hour into a draw. Yeah. And an hour into a draw. People can say what they want about the finish and having basically a fucking Iron Man match on free TV. Yeah. And there's no winner. It's like, all right, what do you do? But I just see, just, just seeing those guys come in and really shaping that company out into a real viable opponent that now you're going into 2022 and it's like, all right, we got these core people, let yeah. alone Guevara and all the other jungle boys you got. It's like, damn, like they're really coming strong at them. So I think for the most part, when I say they had a better year, I think just from a, a, a name standpoint, 
uh, quality of matches standpoint, the look and everything. So I know Mark gets on me for not really talking about AW as much, but I'm here right now talking about them. But I think uh, 2021, I think the edge, no pun intended, kind of went to AW. A- a- am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the momentum, I think, really shifted it all out. When they got Cole and Brian Danielson, two people who were not fired and then AEW hired, which is fine. I mean, you know, Malachi Black, Alistair Black got cut. Ruby Soho, Ruby Riot got cut. They both went to AEW. These were two people that willingly left on their own. Punk, too. I mean, he didn't leave on – I mean, you know, he left on his own seven years ago, but he also had the choice. All three of those men had the choice in 2021 to go to WWE or AEW. They were all free agents at one point, and at one point at the same time. And they all chose to go to AEW because they saw the tide turning in that favor. And, and AEW has been around since 2019. There's been a few people that yeah. you know moved over a couple over the last year and a half. Um, people like Brody Lee and I mean people you know he got fired, but actually he wanted to leave at one point, so it doesn't he doesn't exactly count. But um, you know Matt Hardy, but they really got the heavy hitters in 2021. I mean people that could be world champion tomorrow with the three people I just mentioned, and those people all fit AEW very well. So. It's cool to see. Um, you know, the tide really turned in AW's favor. Hopefully, they can continue to build off this and generate better ratings in the years going forward, um, specifically in the immediate future. But yeah, um, I really look at the products, and it's not even it's not even a comparison as to which shows are better. I mean, I think Dynamite, while it's not always the most thrilling two hours, is a far easier and better watch almost every single week compared to Raw and SmackDown and NXT. The question I, I, I I've been seeing for weeks ever since Punk got there, it's like. As a fan watching, do you like how they're using CM Punk? Knowing he he was away for a very long time, still a big name, and now when you bring him into this company AEW, he's not really fighting the the the, the juggernauts yet. Yeah. But do you like the progression of, of of how they're using him, or do you feel like you know what it's cool? But at some point in time, he's gonna get Brian Danielson. He's gonna get Hangman. He's gonna get MJF coming up soon. He's gonna get Kenny Omega. Like, do you like how? They're using CM Punk right now. I do. I think they've taken their time with him. They know he's going to be around for at least a couple of years, if not mm-hmm. more than that. Why not take their time with it? Brian Danielson, I don't think he's going to be wrestling for the next 10 years. Um, he's also been wrestling consistently for the last couple of years. And I mean, he retired for a few years, but you know, he was another one where even when he came back to the ring a few years ago, he said they, they took their time with him, had him work with a big cast right off the bat and people like that because they didn't know what he was capable of, what he could do. Punk, same thing. He was gone for far longer. He was gone for seven years. That's a lot of ring rust. Mm-hmm. Came back, looked good. Um, they had him work with Darby Allen, notable name right off the bat, and then working with people like Bobby Fish on TV, um, Daniel Garcia, among other people, Matt Seidel, having quality matches with all of them. Eddie Kingston, they had a great mini feud. Would have loved to have seen more from that. They had a great feud there on TV and a very good match at full gear. And now he's working with MJF, so he's kind of getting the heavy hitters. And I like the fact they didn't immediately go into that because that's what they did with Brian Danielson. He came in and went right after the world champion. He's in a world title program right now, but he's a guy that's been around. He was fighting for the world title earlier this year with Roman Reigns. His last match was for the universal championship. Yeah. So him going for the top title off the bat makes sense. Punk is just coming back. He was a big name seven years ago. He's a big name now, but them kind of allowing him to find his footing again and working with all these people and, and racking up wins. And he's won every match that he's had. He hasn't lost a match yet. I don't think um, I think it's smart booking. So I've liked how they've handled CM Punk and, He's getting his feet wet. He's finding his kind of stride again with all these people that he's working with. And I've loved the MJF program so far. So I know two quick points. I know we're running out of dream matches. Um, 
so right now with the people who are in WWE and AEW, what's the what's the one match that has never happened in that company that you feel like you know what? At some point in time, we got to get that match. What's the what's the one match in both companies you want to see the most that hasn't happened yet? I mean, the AEW one would have been Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, but then they did it right off the bat, like literally right away. And yeah. at least they did a draw, and they'll go back to it at some point. Um, that would. But do you like it. that though? But do you like the fact that it happened right away? It's a draw. They like, oh, okay, now now my high is gone. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, I do like and I don't like it because I would have traditionally have taken my time with it. But yeah, having that be Danielson's first match, I think was what made it special. There wasn't his first match, and I don't think I would have done mm -hmm. that. But it was also their biggest show to date in that New York City arena, so I'm fine with that. Um, either, beyond that though. I mean, you could say Punk and MJF was not really a dream match. It was more of a dream feud, and we're getting that now. Mm -hmm. It's 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 hard to say like what a dream match even is. I feel like we've kind of lost what the meaning of what a dream match is because there's really not like Undertaker and Sting would have been a dream match. I feel like we don't have anything on that level from either company. If you if you cross the companies, maybe like an AJ and a Kenny Omega at one point would have been a dream match. Maybe mm -hmm. it still is, um, but that's not going to happen right now, if, if ever. In this current, the one match I think, if it's possible, that I would consider a dream match, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to happen at some point. The Young Bucks, and it's not a singles match, but the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. So the Elite versus Undisputed Era. Kyle O'Reilly is free from NXT. He could mm -hmm. be in tomorrow as we speak right now. He could be in any day now. That is a match I think that would be a dream match. Two of the top factions of the last five, ten years right. um, facing off. I think that would be incredible. Beyond that, I mean, even in WWE, I don't really look at any <laughs> one match. There's no dream matches because they let so many people go, and it's like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, outside of Reigns and, and The Rock, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably the biggest, obviously the biggest money match they can do. But beyond that, nothing. Honestly, I can't. They did Cena and Roman recently. There's really not many left. I mean, and they did a whole bunch of remixing of the Sasha, Bianca, Becky, Charlotte. They did. I'm pretty sure they all fought one on one already. Like, yeah, they've they've done all of that. Uh, Unless it's Ronda, know, Becky one on one. You know, don't, I don't. Becky and Ron. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call it a dream match, but I still think we need to get that at some point. Ronda would be up for even. Coming. Yeah. I don't even know if she's coming back at all. To be honest with you, I think she might. I don't think it's guaranteed that she will though. So. We'll well, I, I, am surprised. I, I am surprised. I know we've seen it in, in WWE, Punk and, and, and Moxley, Dean Ambrose, correct? Yeah, they did it on WWE at least once or twice on like Raw like 10 and, years and ago. And Punk already had Daniel Bryan, but I'm surprised you ain't say seeing Punk and Kenny Omega. Yeah, Punk and Omega. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know if it's a dream match at this point because Punk's a lot older. Um, I think the better match would be Danielson and Omega over Punk and Omega. I don't know if Punk and Omega would be a five-star classic, but I do want to see that though. I do want to see that match. Mm -hmm. Then it'd be a great match. I don't know if I'd call it a dream match, but it's probably one of the top matches AEW could do at some point. I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Last match before I get you out of here. Match of the year from both companies. Um, If you include NXT, I'll say one with NXT and one without NXT. If you include NXT from WWE, it's a random choice if you haven't seen it, but if you have, then you would agree. Mm -hmm. Walter and Ilya Dragunov had one of the best matches I've seen this year. Um, that was on TakeOver 36. It was for the NXT UK Championship. Okay. So they had a, one of the matches, that maybe the match of the year in 2020, 
with no fans. This year they had some fans at Full Sail or wherever they do the shows now. Um, incredible match. That's in NXT. Without NXT, I'm tempted to say um, Danielson or Daniel Bryan, um, Roman, and Edge from WrestleMania 37 Night 2. Again, I was there, so I'm biased, but uh, there's probably more. I did my whole... I did my own year and, you know, rewards or awards or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I put exactly, but that might be mine off the top of my head. For AEW, another Daniel Bryan one, but I'm tempted to say Danielson versus Omega on Dynamite. It might be that one. Mm-hmm. I know we just got Paige and Danielson going for an hour last week. That, to me, wasn't the match of the year. It would be in the conversation, but it wouldn't be my number one. Um, The Bucks and the Lucha Bros had an amazing match at uh, All Out as well. I like the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa unsanctioned match they had back in St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Danielson and Omega from Dynamite, and then Danielson versus Roman Edge, Roman and Edge at WrestleMania 37. That Young Buck match that was that was a cage, right? Yeah, the Steel Cage. That was one of the the, the best tag team matches I saw all year. I would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your prediction for AW WWE going forward? What do you, as a fan, what do you what do you are looking most forward to from both companies and one thing that you feel like they should work on going forward. AEW, they just have to continue to build momentum. Like they've brought in a lot of star power, which is great. They've really filled up their roster, almost too much talent and they know what to do with at this point. There's some people that aren't even on TV. Um, but still, I feel like they had, you know, they, they've had a, they had a great year, their best year yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. They just got to continue to find ways to bring in new viewers and bring in and build off that audience that they already have. WWE has to get their audience back. I mean, they're losing people. They're yeah. in a far worse position. They could be doing the same ratings that AEW was doing in a few in about a year. And not because AEW is at their level, but because AEW didn't really falter and WWE just continued to go down. That, that could be mm-hmm. what it gets to at some point. WWE also just has to build new stars. Um, that would have been my complaint about AEW as well about a year ago. And I mean, you're not building a star in CM Punk, but the idea is using those guys to get the Jungle Boys over, the MJFs over, the um, Sammy Guevara's over, the Darby Allens. And I think they did that in 2021. All of those guys so that had great years uh, for the most part. In WWE, they just don't have anyone. They don't even really have four pillars. They, they have some people here and there if they don't fuck up their booking like a Rhea Ripley or an Austin Theory or a Damian Priest who's all obviously older. He's like almost 40. Um, Braun Breaker and NXT is a star. They just got to be consistent with these people and not fuck up their booking. I mean, that's always been the case. We talk about this every year, but I feel like this year more than any other, they really messed that up because they let so many people go. They, they let people go that weren't even given a chance. Like if they let Dolph Ziggler go, it's like, okay, we know what we had with them. They messed them up, but like been there, done that. If, if they try with Dolph again, I don't really care. If they tried with Keith Lee again, I would care because he's still a fresh face. He's only been here a year, and they let him go. That's the thing that's weird with me. They let go, of, and then I'm saying they let go of the wrong people. I don't want to say Dolph should have been fired over, over Keith Lee, but a lot of the decisions they made this year were baffling. I mean, they can afford to keep these people; they just don't. So, uh, creatively, WWE's got to do better from a business standpoint. AEW, not expand, but just build off of what they have and continue to hopefully uh, garner bigger and better ratings. I mean, for me, AEW is uh, doing better as far as the storylines go. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the reason why I'm watching this main event, this tag match? It can't be, oh, I come in the company and I'm I'm a better wrestler than you and I'm coming for you. I'm like, oh, okay, we've seen that mad times. You know what I'm saying? Just, just the storyline aspect, WWE, 
I think I think for me, just don't stop being so PG and a cookie cutter and so light, you know, mm-hmm. a little dark into they be a little more real, like mm-hmm. you know, more cinematic or whatever the case may be. Like everything is just so like so vanilla, you know what I'm saying? So uh, and as someone for me who's been watching the company for over 25 years, like I seen what it was. This that's not what it is now. I don't different, yeah, yeah. different era, but it's like, damn, can we just do a little something mm-hmm. to make it more pop and everything? But um my my true last question I, I had, oh man, someone from each company, male and female, someone who was not a champion in 2021, but you see could be a champion in 2022. I mean, like I said, Austin Theory hasn't held gold yet, but I feel like he's going to be United States champion within the next couple of months, if not more than that. I mean, they they clearly see a lot in him. Um, and AEW, um, MJF has not been champion at all. I think he's going to be world champion in 2022, definitely. He'll beat there Adam Page. I think he's going to beat Adam Page at double or nothing is my pick. I think he's going to beat Punk when they face off. I think he would be the perfect person to hand Punk his first loss. And then he should beat Adam Page with the title of Double or Nothing. That is what I would do. That is what I think it's going to happen. And from the female aspect? um, Thunder Rosa hasn't held gold yet. I mean, she technically was champion this year. No, she wasn't, actually. She was not Mm -hmm. the NWA champion this year. I think she's going to beat Britt Baker for the women's title in early 2022. Really? Um, She'll definitely be champion. Yeah, she's definitely my pick to beat Britt Baker. Um, In WWE... You know, Tony Storm would be great or Liv Morgan or someone like that. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's going to happen, though, is the thing. Um, yeah, I guess of those two, I just see like Bianca getting the belt back again this year. Bailey might mm-hmm. become champion at some point again if when she comes back. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I like say, Jade, too. I like Jade. I think, no, he Jade's going to be champion. Yeah, she'll be yeah. champion at some point. Uh, she's not ready yet, I wouldn't say, but she will be very soon. She's mm-hmm. getting there. She's improved. She'll be TBS Women's Champion, I'm sure, at some point. Maybe not the first one, but eventually. In mm-hmm. uh, WWE, I'll say Tony Storm. I, I think Liv could be champion as well. She's really popular. I don't think she's beating Becky day one. I don't think I don't think Tony Storm is winning the belt on, on the Christmas SmackDown next week either. It's coming up on Friday. Uh, Christmas Eve SmackDown, but maybe later on in the year she could become champion after winning Money in the Bank. Maybe that would be my pick. Nice, uh, Grant Matthews. Always appreciated, man. Uh, love seeing your face. We haven't seen each other in uh, eight nine months doing the show. <laughs> I love doing the show with you. Uh, you can find Graham on Twitter at Wrestle Ranch and read the stuff he has going on for both Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT. You can find me on Twitter and IG, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. You want to cop the shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com. Grandma, man, thank you. Happy holidays to you and the fam, and I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Randy. Happy holidays to you and the fam as well. And uh, great to be back on the saddle. Looking forward to the next one. (laughs) All right, man. Take it easy. You as well, brother. All right.